Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Well, hello, everyone. This is Lara Nassessian, and welcome to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Today, I'm going to be bringing you all of the goods, all of the strategies, everything that I do, everything that I apply in my own life to make every day, to make every week run that little bit smoother. We are all running at a million miles an hour. There is so much going on in the world, in our lives, in our businesses, in our careers. For some of you who are mothers, you're juggling this all whilst, you know, getting your kids ready for school and all kinds of things like it is all happening. And so I really wanted to record an episode that was dedicated to these strategies because sometimes there's just these little tweaks or just these little subtle differences that can make an enormous difference. And quite honestly, my life is a series of little small tweaks and trialing and testing different things and refining different types of strategies until I find the things that stick. And it's a constant work in progress. Like it's never a set and forget. It's constantly changing and evolving. And I wanted to share what I'm doing now and some of the key strategies that I'm deploying in my own work and life in the hope that it gives you some tactical tools and tips that you can really keep in your toolkit and you can kind of pull these out. You can trial and test them in different ways and see what works for you. I don't know what your specific needs are or your lifestyle or the specific demands that you have, but I can certainly share the things that I keep in my toolkit, which are really useful for me. They help me to show up with more energy. They help me to increase my productivity. They help me to uh, prevent things like burnout or at least happen much less frequently than what I used to experience. I used to get burnout really, really, really regularly. And now it only happens once in a while, not very often. And I usually take it as a bit of a sign that something is not quite right and I need to look at it. And I kind of put my investigator hat on and I keep digging and digging and digging until I find the root cause of it. And then I kind of refine it again and and go. So I wanted to share these strategies um, with you before we do though. I wanted to remind you that if you are yet to leave a rating and review on the podcast, it would be so appreciated because it really does make the biggest difference. It helps the show to grow. It makes sure that we are reaching the right audiences and it means that we can keep coming back every week and providing you value and providing content that helps you in your careers, in your lives, and is a source of inspiration for you, but also gives you tactical tools and tips. And I get so many beautiful messages on Instagram and through email from this beautiful community that I have 
Um, and I so appreciate all of that, but it really does help when you put that in the ratings. Um, and to everyone who has rated and reviewed the show, thank you so, so much. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. Some of your reviews have brought tears to my eyes and it really does not go unnoticed. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to get stuck straight into the episode. The five strategies I use to make every day and week run smoother, it all starts with power planning. Now, if you have not heard me talk about power planning before, I do actually have a specific article all about it. Um, I have specific techniques that I use in order to maximize my time, maximize my productivity and ensure that I utilize my time as effectively and efficiently as possible. So this has been a real work in progress for me. It's something that I adopted a couple, I'm going to say a couple of years ago. And again, like everything that I'm sharing as part of this episode, it's something that constantly gets refined with time uh, because it's never a set and forget. And sometimes you do have to try and test different methods until you find the thing that sticks. Now, when it comes to power planning, I do this once a week. I dedicate some time, usually on a Sunday afternoon, and I block out around 45 minutes. And I utilize this time to make sure that my week is set up for success. And I make sure that I am looking at all of the things that I need to get done, considering all my priorities, making sure I have assigned enough time to actually do those things and also have time for clean rest, time to decompress, time to actually, you know, socialize or work out or do the other things that I really want to get done. So within this uh, power planning topic that I'm going to be sharing, there's a couple of steps that I actually follow to make sure that I'm setting my day and each week up for success. The first thing that I do is I do a bit of a brain dump and I write down every single thing, every single task that I think I need to get done that week. So it's effectively writing a to-do list and I keep asking myself, you know, and, and what, and what, and what, until I can't think of anything else that I have to get done that week. So there's something really powerful of just kind of putting all of your ideas and all of the tasks and all of the things that you feel you need to do down on a page. Because what I find when I don't do that is either I forget the things that I'm supposed to get done or it stays in my mind and it takes up space in my mind and contributes to a feeling of overwhelm. And sometimes that can affect things like sleep because when I go to sleep at night, I'm thinking about all of the things and like my head is spinning all of the things that I need to get done. Whereas when I've written it down, there's nothing else to really think about. It's like, I already kind of know it and it takes a lot of that pressure and that anxiety off. So I keep asking myself what else until I can no longer think of any tasks that I need to get done, irrespective of how big or small the task may be. 
So it's also um, quite an enjoyable experience for me because I should have actually set the tone. So setting the tone for power planning is really important. I actually make this an enjoyable experience and something that I look forward to doing each week because I know how much it helps me to run my week more smoothly rather than a chore. I don't do any work on Sunday unless it's a rare occasion and I have to. Um, But for the most part, like 98% of the time, I don't do any work on a weekend, but I will spend time planning and organizing my week. And I set the tone by playing music and lighting some candles and creating a little bit of a vibe and getting into the right headspace and really just kind of giving this gift of time to myself of the 45 minutes of uninterrupted time to get everything down on a page, to get everything into my calendar. So once I've written my to-do list, once I've written down every little task that I think I need to get done that week, I then organize and identify my priorities. So I ask myself, what are the top two to three priorities that I absolutely must get done this week? Then I ask myself, what are the tasks that are bringing up the most feelings of fear or resistance? Because usually there's a reason for that. And the reason is it's often you feel the most resistance around the things that you feel the most discomfort around because they often remind you of your own power and I'm going to break this down even further. So we often feel resistance over things that make us bring up the feelings of insecurity, bring up the feelings of not being good enough. And so we often make excuses around not doing those things because they make us feel uncomfortable. And so then we end up getting stuck in the lower level tasks which aren't the needle moving tasks, but that make us feel more comfortable. So the reason why it's really important to ask yourself this question is so that you can identify why you're feeling the resistance towards the particular task. Is it because it's out of your comfort zone? Is it because you don't know how to do it? Is it because you're worried about what people are going to think about you when you actually do the thing? What is it that is actually making you feel uncomfortable or resistant towards this particular task? And actually identifying what it is and keep asking yourself why, 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 why until you get to the root cause of the resistance. And it's really important to start thinking of tasks in this way, because if you don't, what you'll find is that those same items will keep getting transferred day to day, week to week on a new to-do list. And all you're doing is carrying this baggage of a to-do list from day to day, week to week, but you're never actually getting to the thing that you're supposed to be doing. So, I then ask myself the question, if this item or if these items do not get done, what would be the negative consequence? What would be the outcome? What would be the impact? 
you know, e.g., would it mean that I would not be able to, you know, hit my financial goal for the month? Would it mean that I would be doing myself and my clients a disservice? Would it mean that I am, you know, wasting my time filling up my day with things that are actually not going to help me realize my highest purpose and calling in this life? (laughs) Whatever it is, it's really important to ask yourself these questions so that you know why you're feeling the resistance around it and you can clear that out and you can actually get really specific and granular in terms of those two to three priorities and actually doing them. The other thing around this that I want to mention when it comes to identifying your priorities is I I have to make sure that I'm actually actually prioritizing these tasks and identifying your priorities is not just about writing them on a list and saying, these are my priorities. It's actually organizing your day so that you actually do the hard things and you actually do the hard things first. So then the rest of the day is filled up with all of the other ad hoc distractions and emails and things which might arise. So I always recommend working and carving out time to do the difficult urgent, important tasks first thing in the morning when your mind is fresh and free of distractions and not moving on to anything else until you've done the thing that you're supposed to do. And there's a particular strategy that I use. I actually do this in my work, when, especially when I know there's a certain level of resistance around a task. And um, it's called the Pomodoro uh, time management technique or otherwise known as time batching. So if you haven't heard of this before, or maybe as a bit of a refresher, this technique basically means that you set a specific time and you put on a timer and assign a, a specific period of time to that task. And you don't do anything else. You literally do not move on to anything else until you have completed that task within the time frame that you have set aside. So for example, if I know that I have, you know, 45 minutes to record a podcast episode and I, I need to record the podcast episode within that given window, otherwise it's not going to get done. Then what I will do is I will put all of my devices on do not disturb mode. I will close down all of the irrelevant browsers, uh, social media, email, etc. Put the time limit on and make sure that I do the podcast and nothing else in that 45 minute window. I could do the same thing when it comes to any task at work, when it comes to like having my email look like an absolute disaster and then just putting in 45 minutes to try and clear out as many emails that I can get done within that 45 minute window. So identifying what your priorities are and then actually scheduling them in to an assigned time frame and not moving on until you've done the the hard thing, until you've done the priority item. Um, and then you can move on to other tasks in the day. So practically, how do you do that? I calendar everything in. I literally put 
every single task, every single appointment to myself or to other people, every single phone call, every single appointment, meeting, you name it, goes into my calendar. So when I'm doing this power planning exercise once a week, I make sure that I don't just have this long laundry list of things that I need to get done, but I'm actually plugging in and carving in time in my calendar to do the thing that I'm supposed to do. E.g., I will block out my morning routine in my calendar. Everything related to health and wellness goes in a green color. So I have a color coding system and that way, even though my calendar might look full and is full, (laughs) I can see when I've got breaks. I can see when I've got a lunch break. I can see when I've got my morning routine. I can see when I've got a gym class or a session with my boxing PT. Um, So I block out specific time and assign it to that specific task meeting, commitment, appointment, whatever. So anything to do with work calls, anything to do with the podcast, anything to do with a project deadline, anything to do with personal commitments that I've made to myself. Like I said, whether it's working out or self-care or time to go for a walk or anything, any social commitments that I've made, any dinners or anything that I said I'm going to show up for from a social perspective, everything gets plugged into my calendar. And then I have the color coding system. So, you know, red might be my primary corporate job. Blue might be things for Boss and Hills or for the podcast. Um, you know, yellow might be any kinds of meetings or appointments that I've made. Um, green, like I said, is self-care and health and taking breaks and working out and those types of things, etc. So having a visual representation of all of your priorities and commitments helps you to stay accountable and it ensures that you are also putting the same weight on all of the personal commitments that you make to yourself as much as you would appointments with other people. And I've said this time and time again, and I'm going to say it again. Um, I treat a personal appointment. I treat a gym session. I treat uh, the time that I've assigned to go for a walk and get fresh air and get exercise as the same weight that I would put on an important business meeting. And when you start treating yourself with the same importance as you would treat an important person in business or your CEO or someone who you really look up to and would never let down, you start building your self-confidence you start building your self-worth. You start treating yourself as someone who is actually worth it. And this has done huge things for my self-confidence because I'm like, you know what? I'm just as important as anyone else out there. I'm just as important as any other CEO or any important person in business. There's no reason why I should be putting other people's needs ahead of my own. So I've become pretty ruthless. And mind you, like it's taken a long time to get to this point. And when I was starting out in my career, like I didn't operate in this way, but I feel like if I did, 
I mean, within reason, if you're working for someone else, of course, you have to do your job within your assigned hours, but you could structure your day in a way that's more conducive to productivity and reduction of burnout. So for example, you could put in two to three blocks in your day where you're going to respond to emails so you can actually focus on other more important tasks without letting your inbox slip if you're in more of a service role, for example. So there's ways that you can still schedule in your time within your workday. You can still block out time to go and get some food and not eat at your desk and walk around the block, for example. And you can do that if you're working for someone else. And if someone else you're working for does not allow you to take a 30 minute lunch break to go and get food and to stretch your legs and see some sunshine and get some vitamin D, then I think you really have to question who you're working for. And is that really worth it for you? Because you do deserve and should should really make time for that. And the people that you work for, you would hope share similar values to that of your own and understand the importance of wellness in your life as well. That was a lot. So we're going to move on. Once you have entered in all of your commitments into your calendar, the next thing that I do is I create contingency because unexpected things happen all the time. Unexpected phone calls, unexpected requests, news might break out and you have to react completely differently or your plans for the day go out the window. You know, there's certain things that may demand more of you in a particular day or week, things that you haven't accounted for. Um, You could even wake up feeling unwell or unmotivated. You know, what are you going to do? So contingency planning kicks in when these unexpected events happen. So you can either like wait for things to go wrong and then react in a really reactive way, or you can be proactive and you can actually list out what are the things that I think are going to go wrong this week or could go wrong this week. Um, And then write down what you would do in each of those various scenarios. So for example, if you were faced with an unexpected emergency or event, what would you do? If a particular task ended up taking more time than you think it would, what would you do? You know, what would you do in, in those various scenarios? And your answers could vary depending on the circumstances. So for example, maybe you need to create a little bit of buffer in your calendar every day to allow for that unexpected phone call, to allow for the impact to your day. I'm not saying that this is going to work perfectly all the time, but it definitely helps you get more proactive and get on the front foot so that when those situations do arise, you're better prepared and you know how to deal with it because you've put thought into it and you've got a plan and you know what you can do. So creating contingency and proper planning can really help ensure that any kind of disruption to your day or your week is minimized and help you to make sure that things are flowing as well as they can be. And the final thing when I, I want to talk about when it comes to power planning is committing and executing how productive your week will be 
comes down to your willingness and ability to focus and commit. So what I would recommend doing is, you know, reviewing your calendar and committing to what you've set out to do in the week. And when you actually plug in each of these actions and assign the time for them, what I found is I'm much more likely to commit to them because rather than having just this overwhelming to-do list of lists on top of lists on top of of lists that never actually get done, you're actually plugging your to-do list and outcome-based actions into your calendar and assigning a realistic time to each of those outcomes. So if you start to think and operate in this way and you actually commit to doing this properly, then I promise you your productivity will be completely different. You will start to pay attention to how much time you've actually been wasting because there is so much time wasted in a normal person's day. And I'm not saying I'm holier than thou or anything like that. All I'm saying is that I have worked out systems that have worked for me to make sure that my day runs smoothly, that my week runs smoothly, and then I'm using my time effectively. And when I'm on, I am really on. I, when I really want to focus, I will know how to turn that hardcore focus on. But also when I want to take a break, I will make sure I'm actually taking a break. I will sometimes put my phone on to do not disturb mode (laughs) to make sure that people are respecting my break. Um, Because we all deserve that. You know, we all deserve time to ourselves. But when you start to think and operate in this way, it reduces the amount of those lines blurring and it reduces the gray area of am I working or am I slacking off? Or when you're meant to be having a break, feeling guilty that you should be working. This creates really clear parameters of when you're on, be on, be focused, do the thing that you're supposed to do in the time that you've assigned. And when you're meant to take a break, when you're meant to have self-care, when you're at the gym, when you're doing things socially, be present. Don't think about work. Don't, don't feel guilty that you're not working. What I found is that doing this made me feel less guilty when I did take time off because I knew that I had worked really hard in my assigned time to work and now it was my time to have an assigned break and I earned each of those things equally. So you end up in a form in a state of equilibrium where you are where you are and you're present where you are and you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing at the time that you've assigned I hope that makes sense (laughs) because I feel like I've just been talking a lot about this, but I, I really hope that you kind of understand where I'm going with power planning and how much it's helped me and how much it can help you too if you actually apply these strategies. Even if you go to my website, um, I do have a whole article dedicated to this. I think if you 
like use the search function and if you type in calendar, um, it will come up with the article where I kind of break down a lot of my power planning technique and have like a visual representation of like color coding and all of the things that I'm talking about in this episode. So that's number one, power planning. The second thing that I do to make every week run smoothly is to have daily and weekly routines. So I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail around my morning routine because I think I bring it up somehow in (laughs) pretty much every episode. It has a way of coming up because it is that foundational to my success. It is that foundational to my day and my week and making sure that I'm doing all of the things that I'm wanting to do and showing up with energy and investing in my self-care and my mindset and my physical health and all of these things. So I'm not going to go into the specific details of my morning routine here. Again, if you just go to bossinhills.com and search morning routine, there'll be a whole bunch of resources, articles, podcast episodes, which will come up that are specifically dedicated to this topic. But it is such a foundational part of my week running really smoothly. It helps the clogs turn. It helps move things move around at the pace that they need to, at the time that they need to. And I bookend my every day with a routine. So I've got a morning routine, but I equally have an evening routine and a wind down routine and just kind of being intentional about the way that I want to start and end each day helps my week to run more smoothly. It helps me be more organized. It helps me be more prepared. Um, It helps make sure that I'm going to sleep at a certain time, which means that I can wake up at 5am the next day. Because if I go to bed at 11 o'clock or midnight, I'm not going to be able to wake up at 5am or I'm going to have a lot of difficulty doing it. And I'm going to be regretting the fact that I didn't get enough sleep and I'm not going to feel good and I'm going to feel moody and tired and exhausted and I'm not going to be showing up as my best self. There's no way. So sleep is really, really critical. And um, sleep is something that I have really been focusing on, especially in the last year, because that was my biggest downfall. And I was not getting nearly enough sleep. And I was wanting to do all of the things and run around 100 miles an hour. But what I found was it really was not helping me get set up for success because I was starting every day on the back foot, despite the fact that I had all of these great things that I had built into my morning routine. So really your morning routine starts the night before. And it starts by going to bed at a certain time, putting in good practices. Um, What I will share actually is a couple of things that I've done just really quickly uh, to help me go to sleep um, at a certain time and not have as much difficulty sleeping as I used to. And what I do is I really start to wind down at like 8.30 p.m., And at 8.30, you know, lights get dimmed, devices start to go off. Um, I have timing uh, restraints on certain social media apps. So, for example, my Instagram will usually time out by then and I'm like, cool, that's it for the night. No more Instagram because that was a really big downfall for me. Like I used to get into bed and like scroll through Instagram and like I've managed to – 
curb that bad habit, um, that was really detrimental. And I don't think I realized how much of a negative effect it was having on keeping me awake and alert and scrolling and that whole thing. So putting on a time limit on your social media apps, you can do it if you have a smartphone, um, you just go into your settings and you can do it from there. Um, you know, lights go down, um, having a hot shower, um, making sure that everything's organized. Um, what else do I do? Uh, also the thing that I really found quite helpful is going on to Spotify and through the speakers at home playing five to eight, um, Hertz sleep frequency. So if you just put that into Spotify, it will come up and it's a certain type of frequency, which kind of trains your body to almost go into this quite meditative state, almost kind of like the music that they might play at certain day spas, for example. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like there's a certain music and a certain frequency, which our brains and bodies associate with sleep and relaxation. So I've actually started turning that on through the speakers at home as this wind down routine kind of commences um, and through to the time that like I get into bed. And um, that has really, really helped me because it just sends a signal throughout the whole home that, okay, it's wind down time. Um, so that's been really helpful reading at night, um, you know, swapping devices for a book, not having a television in the bedroom. Like I never want a television in the bedroom. I don't like it. Never have liked it. I believe in having clear separate rooms for different purposes and watching TV in the bedroom is not something I like. Um, and not something that I probably will ever have in my home. And also, um, like I said, reading, um, doing a Dr. Joe Dispenza sleep meditation. Like sometimes I just go onto YouTube only for the purpose of finding the meditation and putting it on. And by then, like it usually does set the right vibe and tone for a really good night's sleep. So I've been able to go to bed at like go to sleep at like 9, 9.30 and wake up at five as opposed to what I was doing before, which was going to bed at like 11 and then trying to get up at five and I was already on the back foot. So um, having really good routines or flows or structure or just something like that is foundational to making my week and days run smoothly. The third thing that I wanted to share is preparation. As Benjamin Franklin famously quoted, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Now, I live by this philosophy. One of the best and most impactful life hacks or practices that I've put into place is being prepared for each week and for each day. So I will spend time on the weekend, usually on a Sunday evening, doing things like power planning, getting my calendar and my affairs in order, um, getting my finances in order, you know, spending time on my money mindset, 
paying all the bills, you know, moving money around, you know, doing things that I need to do from a financial planning perspective and from a life planning perspective. Um, I usually, I don't know, I go through different phases. I was going to say I usually get groceries delivered. It really depends now. I tend to mix it up a little bit, but I will prepare food usually on a Sunday and, you know, make things like my breakfast um, in bulk so that I just have to grab it out of the fridge every morning. And every day I'm not having to scramble every day. I'm not having to waste time, you know, doing these mononymous tasks. Um, So I will batch make things, batch make food, um, just to make things run that little bit smoother. Um, I also, there's a double benefit to that as well, because, um, it ensures that I stay on track with eating and I'm eating wholesome food and I know exactly what's going into my food and I'm purchasing really quality produce as much as, I mean, gosh, as much as you can get right now. I have to say the produce in Austin is so much better than the produce that I've been experiencing and having to buy in Sydney lately. Like where is all the good, if you are listening to this episode and you know somewhere to get really good, fresh, clean produce, please tell me because I'm really struggling at the moment. And I know that we've had floods and we've had all kinds of things happen, which obviously have an impact on the produce that we can get, but it's just not that fresh. And when you buy organic, it's like old. And I'm like, why am I spending three times more money buying old produce because it's organic? Like it just doesn't make sense. And even the non-organic produce is not very good. So if you are listening to this and like you have some kind of, I don't know, fresh food, fruit and vegetable delivery service that you know is pretty up there, then please let me know. I'd love your recommendations because I've tried a lot and this is something I'm not really feeling like I'm getting right now, but it's just bad all around. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this. And I'm also very spoiled because it was so good. So, so, so good in Austin. Like I cannot even begin to tell you the quality of the produce there. Like compared to Sydney, it's just like not even in comparison. Um, so it makes sure that I'm eating good, clean food as much as possible. Um, you know, I'm not getting distracted or um getting tempted to eat things that are not really that good for me. But I also spend time you know, on a Sunday evening, but equally uh, every night um, planning my outfit for the next day. So if I'm going to the gym, if I'm going to Barry's, I will pack my entire gym bag and outfit for the next day, including my makeup, my heels, everything that I need for the next day goes into the gym bag. I'll have a shower after the gym and then I'll get ready there. And I'm not thinking at five o'clock in the morning, what am I going to wear to work today? I have no idea. Like that is the last thing that I want to be thinking about at that time of the morning. So I do it all the night before. And there's a real thing called decision fatigue, right? So our brains, our cognitive function has only got a certain capacity to make 
good decisions every single day. And I guess the question you have to ask yourself is how much brain power do you want to give to choosing your outfit first thing in the morning? Or would you rather do that later in the day and use your prime mind to make more important decisions such as decisions in business or working through challenging problems or how you're going to make more money or I don't know, different things that are going to help, you know, with your future. And I'm not saying dressing well is not important. I mean, I had a whole podcast episode dedicated to this. And again, you can search it. Um, It was a recent podcast episode, maybe episode 90, if I had to guess, or thereabouts. Um, But the point is, don't use that prime time in the morning to fuff about. It's a waste of time. You're wasting valuable time in the morning. You're not helping your morning to flow. And you're also exerting unnecessary brain power at a time of day that you should be focusing on other things. So it really does help to reduce decision fatigue and it helps me save significant amounts of time in the morning because I don't have to think about any of this stuff. I don't have to think about what am I going to eat? What am I going to make for breakfast? What lunch am I going to make to take to work? It's already done. Oh, I feel so relieved just saying that. (laughs) It just makes the biggest difference. The fourth strategy is being organized. And I guess this is a little bit of a a, um, extension from being prepared, but being prepared and being organized are two different things. So my day, my week runs smoother because I ensure that everything is organized and that everything has its place. So I make sure that, you know, come the weekend, you know, before Monday morning rolls around, everything is organized. Everything from my wardrobe, everything from clothes that have been washed and need to be folded and put away um, to, you know, fridge and, you know, food all being kind of stocked up in a certain way that makes it really easy to see where everything is, um, you know, to all the cupboards, you know, everything, uh, where the keys are, um, you know, where my handbag is. I put everything by the front door and make sure that everything is in place. And again, I'm just minimizing the stress of the morning. I'm minimizing the amount of time that's wasted in the morning. I'm minimizing the amount of energy that I'm exerting, searching for keys or you know, where's, I don't know, where's, where's my phone? Where's my laptop? Where's my charger? You know, all of those things are accounted for. Everything is done the night before or sometimes the week before. Um, so by maintaining this level of organization, it means that I can put the and my energy towards the things that are more meaningful, things that are going to drive my business forward, things that are going to be high impact. And that's where I want to focus my energy. So being organized is one of the foundational aspects really to making sure that every day and week runs smoothly. And finally, automation and outsourcing. This is something that is so critical. And the more I think about it, the more I research it, the more I read about it, the more I realize 
how important this actually is. Automating and outsourcing tasks, which are not high on your priority list, which are far less than what your hourly rate would be, are things that you should get rid of, um, things that you should outsource. I recently read um, Naval Ravikant's book. Well, he didn't actually write it himself, but it's about him and it's about the way that he rolls and the way that he does things. And um, similarly, over the weekend, I was doing Dr. John Martini's course and he said the same thing. So this is something that is constantly coming up something that I'm becoming a lot more attuned to. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to hold on to lower level tasks that you might not really enjoy doing, which someone could do at a much lower rate. And for example, if your hourly rate is, let's just say for ease, $100 an hour, and you're spending five hours a week cleaning your house and you could pay someone, I don't know, 20 to $30 an hour to clean your house. That's $150, let's just say, at the upper end. And it gave you five hours of your time back. And you used that five hours to do something that would either drive your business forward, something that brought you more joy or something else that could really help contribute towards your highest value, highest priorities, highest mission in this world, then you should do it. So I asked myself a question. It was actually inspired when I first read Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And the question is, if I were to 10x my productivity – what would that look like? And I started writing my responses to that. Then I asked myself a series of questions, including what must I stop, start and continue? What are the things that I absolutely must do myself? And what are the tasks and activities that I need to still have done, but that others could do for me? And by going through that exercise, by asking myself those questions, I was then able to determine how I could start to think about all of this, how I could start using my time much more effectively and strategically, uh, and how I could start to outsource certain tasks. So there are a couple of things that have come up for me, and depending on the season, depending on where things are at, like, for example, the first thing I'm going to talk about is cleaning, but you know, during COVID and since then, I've kind of done a lot of the cleaning myself. I don't know why. It just, I was at home more. I had more time. Uh, It just kind of fell in my lap. I don't know. I was fine to do it. But now that things are getting much busier for me, I'm going to look at having that outsourced again. So um, I've had cleaners come previously. I've had them come and do sort of the more deeper cleans that you cannot necessarily get to every week. Um, So I might get them to come and do like a deep, like a deep clean. And then I kind of clean more surfaces like in between. I don't know. Um, Those types of things. So 
During that time that someone has previously come to my house and cleaned, let's just say for like three hours, I have been able to use that time, you know, powering through certain things in my uh, list of outstanding tasks to do or catching up on emails or having a session with a coaching client, um, you know, where I can actually make money and make more money than I would if I was spending those three hours cleaning, for example. And it's not just about money. It's about what kind of life do you want to live and how do you want to spend your time? And I actually like cleaning, funnily enough. So it's not that I dislike the task. It's just that the time that it can take is not often a good use of my time because I could be doing other things and making more money in the time that I would spend cleaning, if that makes sense. So the second thing that I outsource, and I never do this one myself because again, not a good use of my time, is washing, having the car washed. Um, It's not a good use of my time. I have a black car. It means that despite it being garaged all the time, it collects a lot of dust and dirt and it needs to be washed weekly to fortnightly, uh, just depending on where I've driven, what I've done, what the weather's been like, etc. So I don't take my car to a car wash because I don't like the way that they wash my car and it's because of my husband that I've paid a lot of attention to it. But uh, I don't like the way that they wash your cars at those kind of chain car washes. So I have found a service, a professional car washing detailing company that comes to my house. Uh, they wash and vacuum. And it means that I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go and sit at one of those car washes scrolling through social media or, you know, arguably, yes, you could use your time doing emails or other things, but I don't really enjoy going and sitting at a car wash. That to me is not a good use of my time. If I'm going to sit and do emails, I'd rather do something like getting my nails done or getting my hair done or something that I don't know, just (laughs) something I actually enjoy doing rather than sitting at one of those horrible car wash places on like a busy main road. And it's just not my way of spending my weekend. So yes, I do pay a little bit more for this service. It's a premium service, but they do a really, really good job. The attention and care they pay to it is really, really good. Um, It saves me so much time because all I have to do is give them my car key and they will literally just, you know, um, buzz me when they're done. And it means that I can continue to do meetings. I can continue to do work. I'm not having to sit in a different environment that I don't want to be in, um, you know, wasting my time on the weekend. I can work and have that done at the same time. And to have those things done simultaneously is a really great outcome for me. The other thing which I touched on was grocery shopping, which I know I said I sometimes do, I sometimes don't do. It really just depends. I go through my phases. Um, you know, I love going and choosing my own fresh produce because I like to see what I'm getting. I'm quite particular, uh, but it's been really hard lately. Um, but sometimes 
you know, it's just easier or quicker to get things delivered. And there's so many different options. Most companies now offer some sort of delivery service. Um, and sometimes I do just get groceries and household goods, etc., delivered because it saves me time. Um, sometimes I enjoy going to the grocery store, but again, it just depends on my mood, the week, what I've got going on, et cetera. But it is something that has been a game changer for me. Um, it allows me again to focus on doing other things, um, not necessarily going to a busy shopping center or car park and I don't know, like in those crowds, like just it's a lot sometimes. Um, So that's something that I often get outsourced, um, podcast researching and editing. Um, So I love hosting my own podcast. No one else can host this podcast for me because they're not me and I am, this is my podcast and my show. (laughs) So, and I don't want to outsource that either. I like doing the podcast. In fact, I love doing the podcast. So what I found though was that I I think you don't actually realize how much pre-production and post-production there is in running a podcast show until you actually have a podcast yourself. So when I have a guest come on, I will often outsource the research of the guest to someone in my team because they do a phenomenal job of researching. They find out all these little nooks and crannies and little hidden gems about the person. I will still do my own research, but it does a lot of the groundwork for me and it means I'm not having to start from scratch and that saves me a lot of time. Equally, the editing of this podcast goes to po- pro podcast production. They are just the best. They look after me. They do a sensational job. They have edited this podcast since its genesis on episode one, day one. Um, Darcy, the owner and founder of Pro Podcast Production has come on the podcast before and we actually talked about how to start your own podcast show and how to create an amazing show and practically how to do that. And again, if you want to listen to it, um, it's episode, oh, I don't know what episode it is off the top of my head, but you can just search on my website again, bostonhills.com slash Darcy Milne, M-I-L-N-E, and the podcast episode will come up. So me editing the podcast, not a good use of my time. Leave it to the professionals. They know what they're doing. Um, I don't have to do that. I'm not going to do any better of a job than what they're doing. So there's no point. Um, so those types of activities, which I don't have to do, but there's someone else equally or more com- competent at it than me makes sense to outsource. Uh, outsource, sorry. And the other thing that I outsource is things like accounting and certain admin tasks. They're things that are important. They have to get done, but they're time consuming and things like certain accounting statements and so forth that you have to lodge, uh, being a business owner, not a good use of my time. I have a base level of understanding of finance. I'm not a finance guru. guru. I'm not a finance expert. Um, There's a difference when it comes to managing my own personal finances versus finances for the business. 
I don't have anything to do with lodging things for finances of the business. I let my accounting firm handle that because again, I can figure out how to do it, what to do, et cetera, but not a good use of my time. That's not how I want to be spending my time. I would rather do things like do the show, work on things with my clients, um, work on certain courses that I can bring more value um, and also generate more income for the business. So they're the kinds of things that I'm interested in. So they're just a few examples of things that I outsource. Um, and there's so many other things which might come up, like even just going to get a blow dry, you know, get a wash and blow dry could be a way of outsourcing something that you could do yourself. You may not want to do yourself and you can use that time to passively multitask. And what I mean by that is you can do one task, which is having someone do your hair for you or having someone wash your car for you whilst you're doing other work at the same time. And if you were doing that task, you wouldn't be able to be working at the same time. So this has turned into another long episode. My, oh my, I am just like on fire today (laughs) talking and I am probably going to end this episode now, but I really hope that you found this episode useful. And again, just to summarize the five key ways that I make each week run smoothly is firstly to establish some sort of solid routine, daily routines, morning routine, nightly routine, weekly routines that help you set the right foundation and flow for you to have an effective and really smooth week. Secondly is that, um, sorry, first one was power planning how could I forget? Second one is to establish routines. Thirdly is that preparation is key. Fourthly is to be organized. And finally, automation and outsourcing and looking at all of the things that you can let go of and can afford to outsource if you can do it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you got some inspiration and some practical tips and tools that you can add to your little toolkit to make your week run more smoothly. And if you took something that really stood out from this episode, if you had a little golden nugget, something that you know you're going to go and run with and apply in your life, let me know. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram at bossinhills underscore. Share it with a friend, someone who you know would benefit from listening to the episode and make sure that you subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. I know we've gone pretty well over time. So if you're still with me, thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources, and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.